Hi, welcome to Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. Hi, everybody. We are Team Binge, and we are here to talk about Season 2 of Episode 3 of, you guessed it, Ted Lasso. Great show. This episode is called Do the Rightest Thing, which I believe is a play on Do the Right Thing, which is a Spike Lee movie. It's not a Spike Lee movie. It's a Spike Lee joint. Okay, Spike Lee joint. Yeah. I'm assuming he, like, directed, wrote, and act. First off, let's start at the top. Have you seen it? Do the Right Thing? Yeah. No. Ask me if I've seen it. Have you seen it, Julian? No. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> All right. This episode was written by Ashley Nicole Black. Uh, we looked her up. She has written for the Samantha Bee show, like Full Frontal with mm-hmm. Samantha Bee. Samantha Bee used to be a correspondent on The Daily Show. Big Daily Show fan over here. Still watch it. I don't think it's on anymore. So this episode is going <laughs> to be so about, much for banter. <laughs> about, uh, we'll get to banter later. The name of the dating app. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Ooh. All right. We're starting out strong. <laughs> All right. Themes of this episode. Doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. I think they say it multiple times. Just hammer you over the head with Different it, which is great. Different versions of saying that. Different yeah. versions. Thank you. Jamie, uh, trying to win back the locker room. Mm-hmm. He's on the team. They're not giving him much respect or mm-hmm. time. So he's got to win that back, which is fun. And then we deal with some heavy stuff with Sam and the sponsorship with uh, Dubai Air, which, if you'll remember, I asked about some Dubai Air things. <laughs> you remember I kept bringing it up? Yeah. And it's almost like they telegraphed it and were letting us know it was going to be an issue. They were pushing it pretty heavily. I think in last episode I mentioned like that they're not great with women's rights. So they, they pick a different angle here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, good for Sam. Good for Sam. Dubai Air is not a real airline. We established that, right? It's yeah. based on like United Emirates. That's I was Emirates Airlines. Yeah, okay. Emirates Airlines. Got it. We start the episode with Ted trying to do biscuits with the boss. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what office they were in when this happens. Oh, it's like, yeah, like reception-ish, if you will. Right, into yeah. Rebecca's office. So we meet who, Tom? We meet Nora. And who is Nora? Nora is Sissy's. Is it Sissy? Sassy? Sassy. Sassy. It's all right. They're interchangeable. Sweet Sassy Malassy. Uh, we, <laughs> meet, we meet her goddaughter, Nora, uh, who's just a great, great actress. Right. Rebecca's goddaughter. Nora brings up something very interesting because they're talking about past lives. <laughs> so one of them is a horsefly, or, or I think Ted says he's a horsefly. And she brings up, have, like, have you ever seen a horse pee before? It was an odd conversation. Like, she took it literal, like an actual horse flying as opposed to a horse fly, like the insect. Okay. Uh, but then, yeah, it goes into the peeing. And, and yeah, the more important thing is, Tom, have you ever <clears throat> seen a horse pee? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I've done, like, horseback riding You said adventures. that, like, every day you oh, see yeah. a horse pee. Come on, man. We live in Arizona. We see horses pee all the time. I was hiking with my children, and one of them was slower than everyone else, and we got caught as a horse rider was coming down the trail, and we had to st- stand off to the side. <laughs> and just at that moment, they stopped in front of my daughter, and that horse peed for, like, six minutes straight. <laughs> and she sprinted up the trail to tell her sibling about the horse peeing and it was like the highlight of her week so it was downhill they kind of like slowly came towards we you. had to leap over the lake <laughs> let me just say that it really ruined that part of the trail probably closed it for the day from there ted enters uh, and we have rebecca and sassy collins uh, sassy smurf 
Sassy tells Ted that, oh, that that's my daughter out mm-hmm. there. And I had the thought of, is Ted an idiot? <laughs> it's a bold Cause, response. Because Ted is, uh, seriously, and I don't think this is a bit. He asks, I didn't think of it as a joke. He asks if she was his. I mean, maybe he's just really bad at math. I don't know if he's just, I think he's probably frazzled. Like, he was the day after where he okay. was like, with the Diamond Dogs, and he didn't okay. really know how to treat that because it's not kind of in his character. Okay. So I think it kind of like takes him back to that moment, and he's frazzled again. He doesn't know what to do. He should have put his hair down in the moment, and we would have really yes. known he was frazzled. Yes. No, he was definitely <laughs> frazzled. He's bad at math and doesn't know how long a baby takes. <laughs> There's also some other things that are revealed during that conversation, which it is what it is. <laughs> we find out that Nora's staying with Rebecca. Ted feels super awkward. He does this thing where they start talking about Nora's age and feminine products. Yep, yeah, that she's likely going to uh, experience some uh, potentially experience womanhood. Sure. Uh, which immediately just Ted, like the way he just takes his eyes, lets up oh, to the ceiling, yeah. the other side. As uh, we're doing right like... now, discussing it, because <laughs> we don't know what to do. So he says to them in order to essentially exit the room mm-hmm. he's like let's make today our masterpiece he says let's do what the guy says and this is a john wooden they call him wooden isms are you familiar with john wooden tom never heard of the man never heard of his isms okay so if you'll remember when they take over the off the office in season one they put up like this triangle thing it's yep. almost we made a joke i think it's like ron swanson's pyramid of <laughs> being a man yeah. or whatever it is Well, that apparently is like a John Wooden thing where he has this pyramid of success and it has a bunch of boxes like friendship and loyalty and self-control and condition. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but it very much like when you read this guy's quotes, he sounds very much like Ted. I want to know. You don't have to read them all. What's at the top? I need to know what's at the top of this pyramid. The top of the pyramid is competitive greatness mm. so I feel like that's beard beard is the competitive greatness guy doesn't seem to be ted's demo here is the subtitle of that be at your best when your best is needed enjoyment of a difficult challenge i thought about that there that is a trait to enjoy a challenge yeah. some people just don't like challenges some people thrive in them some people like me avoid them at all costs <laughs> you know some of john wooden's quotes i will just give a few Never lie, never cheat, never steal. Feels like he may have stole that from the Bible, but you might have fun. You might have stole the quote. <laughs> I always thought if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's good. That's a yes. That's a Thomism. That's good. <laughs> if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? I thought that was a very good quote. Oh, yeah. I like that one. And then young people need models, not critics. Didn't understand that one. Didn't like it. Was very critical of it. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, that's our boy Roy later in this episode with his uh, kind of uncle wisdom that okay. he has with his god or his granddaughter. Okay, Not granddaughter, sorry, his niece. Before we get out of this conversation, it's well, I guess Ted leaves the room, so he doesn't get to hear it. But we find out that Ted is a very gracious and wonderful lover. Yeah, he's he's eager to please. Eager to please. That's good. <laughs> that is his license plate. We're at the press conference. We have a discussion about an embarrassing streak of draws, which I'm learning are ties. And <laughs> I think it's Trent of the 
It wasn't Trent Krim. It wasn't it was Trent Krim. It was the other, the other ones. Yeah, whoever's like kind of sits in front. I don't know who he. Oh for. yeah, he talks about the draws, but yeah. Trent Krim brings up the Prodigal Son. Oh yeah, which is Jamie Tart returning. Mm-hmm. Tom, are you familiar with the story of the Prodigal Son? I am not familiar with the story of the Prodigal Son. Are you familiar with the term the Prodigal Son? I have definitely heard it before. So I looked it up what it is, but I would like to have your definition before I supply my definition. So I think it's interesting, like the prodigal son is a biblical story, but it's used kind of in everyday speech. And sometimes people don't, you know, really know what it is. It's just a term that's thrown about. Okay. The prodigal son, I'll give you the quick story. Okay. Father has two sons. Okay. Uh, One son demands his inheritance early rather than later in his life. As you should. Early. He goes away. He wastes it all, parties, does all that stuff, comes back to his father like a broken individual, and his father takes him back and accepts him. And then the other son is like loyal and good and hardworking and doesn't ask of these things. Uh, And it is about uh, a father's love, regardless of the decisions that are made. That's what I've always taken from it. Okay. So the prodigal son is someone who goes, you know, wastes something, and then comes back, but is still accepted with open arms and love. Okay. Is that what you got so, from Wikipedia? Uh, no, I don't think I... Well, I don't know. Let's see. My definition from the uh, internets is a person who spends money in a recklessly extravagant way, or a person who leaves home and behaves recklessly, but later makes a repentant return, which, I mean, did seemingly... It's funny when I read that quote or found that online. Like, that's what Jamie does throughout this episode. Right. Like, he's trying to win them back and literally tries to do it recklessly by spending money and saying he's going to buy the TPS5. <laughs> <laughs> so I love I love how that quote just kind of came out randomly, but it fits perfectly in the episode. Trent also asks the questions about the morale of the team with Jamie returning. And I think it's funny that Trent is often, like, in the beginning of an episode, he asks the question that's kind of like the arc of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, he did it in the first one. Uh, he's doing it in this one of like, hey, Jamie's returned. We're going to deal with this throughout the episode. Yeah. Or like, hey, Rojas killed that dog. <laughs> how is Rojas? Like, how are they dealing with that? I'd almost forgotten about that, man. You had You're, to welcome. It back up. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. But yeah, I love how like Ted Ben is like, you know, he's like, I'm going to be his Mr. Miyagi, but with a lot less yard work. <laughs> right, right. He's <laughs> referencing the karate kid and getting Jamie back. <laughs> How do you spell uh, Mr. Miyagi, Tom? Uh, I spelled it M-E-E-O-G-G-E. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's right. That's fine. All right. Then we're back in the locker room. Keely shows up. She's doing her marketing thing. We find out that Sam is uh, in essentially an advertising campaign for Mm. Dubai Air. He is the one that's in the kit on the airplane. They get to look at the photos. I think it's funny, like the team is kind of gathering around, giving Sam a little bit of guff, yeah. like lighthearted ribbing. Jamie tries to make a joke and they all just stare at him <laughs> like, what are you doing? The best was Isaac. Did you watch like Isaac like peers from the side? He's on the oh, very side of the camera. Yeah, it's really good. See, I think that was supposed to show us that the team is not accepting Jamie. But I also think that Jamie fails at some like general social uh, clues. Like, yeah that's probably not the time to make fun of Sam, like, even if it is lighthearted ribbing. Yeah, well, I feel like that's... I like the way they did that, because if Jamie just kind of comes in immediately, like, starts apologizing, which he does. He does. He lays a lot of groundwork throughout this whole episode about trying to turn over a new leaf and be a better man, uh, not only for himself, but for the rest, rest of the team. But I like how they still show that Jamie is still 
oblivious in a lot of uh, circumstances. Right. And like Ted mentions later, like, man, that guy really threads a very thin line. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Keely ends it. She talks about the app that she's working on. And what is the app that she's working on? The app is a banter, which uh, it's a dating app, uh, which Colin immediately says like, oh, it's like Grindr. Because it doesn't have the E in the R. Gets a couple looks, <laughs> and then we move yeah, on. Keely's just kind of like, yeah, okay. And yeah. she loves it out. So she wants them all to use it. We find more about this revolutionary dating app later, which mm-hmm. I'd love to discuss in detail. <laughs> Ted then gives the kind of the speech about who they're going to be playing, and I don't remember who they're playing. Uh, I didn't Coventry City. Who? Coventry City. Oh, good for them. Um, <laughs> and... He asked Beard, and Beard giving his uh, gems of wisdom from the back. Very physical. Anything else? Borderline violent. <laughs> it's a total reference to, like, the speed. A lot of speed. A lot of speed. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of My Child's game today, they, like, do, hey, what team, you know, say something good that the other team did. And one of the kids from the other team was like, oh, they were real speedy. And I had to quietly go. Speed. Love speed on the outside, or whatever he said. I quoted Beard. None of the, you know, seven-year-olds got it. Was the other team very physical and borderline violent? (laughs) No, I wish. (laughs) Great. So then Jamie takes the moment, which I think this is good. He apologizes to the team. He admits he's a bad teammate. This is, like, huge growth for Jamie. Oh, for sure. Right? And so, and I appreciate them doing this rather than, like, dragging this out. It's like, hey, he has changed. Mm -hmm. He's showing it. He has the wherewithal to, you know, make a speech. It feels heartfelt. Yep. And then we kind of go through all the injustices from the teammates. They all voice their injustices. Yep. Would you like to read some of the quotes? No. Of... So I'll say the person, you give the quote. Okay. Okay. So we got Colin's up first. Colin says, you called me a jaundiced worm. And then there's a beat. And he goes, in my hometown paper. <laughs> like, yep. Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> that was my bad. Great. Uh, then we got uh, Bubba Catch. He says, you hit on my mom in front of my dad. It's like, yep, sorry about that. So apologize to your dad. Hey, give Janet my best. <laughs> Janet my best. That's so great. So That's great. great. Uh, and then we got uh, Richard. Richard goes off in French. We find out that Jamie at some point uh, cuffed some gas and put it in his face. <laughs> you some, can say farce. Some bodily gas. Okay. He's <laughs> like, yep, yep, sorry about that one. That was me. And then they, I think Isaac is, is Isaac. Yep. Isaac's like, you got us reg, uh, relegated. Which, and then it just turns off to everybody right. poured it on. Which I don't think that is fair. Jamie was playing for another team at the time. He was just trying to win a game. He didn't like purposefully relegate. A lot had to happen I before agree. that goal. Yeah, they could have, they could have done something to stop that relegation. And right. Jamie didn't score the goal. He just made the pass, man. Who do you think out of that group has the largest grievance, Tom? Oh, it's got to be John, the new Dutch guy. What does he say? He says, like, I don't know you, but I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody is just screaming. It kind of isolates John's uh, oh, voice. Oh, that's right. That's right. I think this is, like, his only line in the episode. I wish they'd do more with him, because he's great. Who would you say has got the biggest grievance? Uh, I would probably say hitting on the mom in front of the dad. Yeah, it's probably not a great... Bummer cash. Yeah, not a great move. We find ourselves at a tea party. And this is another one of these times in the show where I'm like, this is purely show stuff. Like, yeah. Rebecca would never do this. How old is Nora? Nora's 13? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she takes her to one of those places where they do like a real live tea party. And I'm like, 
ah, I don't buy it. I understand what they're doing in this episode, yeah. but I just don't buy it. Uh, Nora, so I should mention, Nora is played by an actress named Kiki May. I looked at her IMDb. She's got like this one and one other. Okay. So this is a new role. Thought she did great. Mm-hmm. But she's actually crushing it. Like, if you say this is her first role, I feel like she's a fantastic little actress. Like, yeah. She's, like, hitting beats. Like, she has a lot of, like, very subtle work that I thought was really, really good. And I very much enjoy her character. Um, she reminds me a lot of that actress, Ashley Johnson. I don't know if you know of her or I heard of her. I do not know who this is. Um, probably one of her more, like, popular roles, just because of the size of the movie, was in Avengers. Like, in the original Avengers movie, she kind of played, like, the waitress that kind of got saved in the big New York battle. But she's also like the voice, she did the voice acting and um, I think all the mo- motion capture acting for the video game Last of Us. So she plays Ellie, like the, the girl in that. Um, okay. But she's a really fantastic actress and I uh, followed a lot of her work. And I was watching this whole episode. I'm like, gosh, this Nora looks so much like this, this actress I know. And I couldn't put, it, put a pin on it. Literally searched on Google because somebody had the same thought I did, found it on Reddit and... They called it out, Ashley Johnson. Man, Reddit's incredible. <laughs> Very good. Okay, but I agree. Like, the, like the stuff they're doing with Rebecca is like silly. Like the way it pans. I love the way they filmed this this scene, though, how it pans out, and then you see you all see the, the little kids, the little tiny kids. Yeah. They're just trying to kind of lay lay it very thick and heavy that she's been gone for six years. She still sees Nora as a young girl, where really she's you know becoming a woman right (laughs) and nora has a funny bit here where rebecca's like oh i'm gonna go pay or do something and nora's like you're gonna come back right or like are you gonna come back in six years or like you disappeared for six years just that's which is a great (laughs) i find that uh this is a julianism if you can make a rich person feel guilty that will probably pan out for you yeah so yeah that's julianism it's good to know we're back at the training pitch, and Ted says, I had to look this up. He says, all right, we're done with the amuse-bouche. <laughs> amuse-bouche. And I was like, what is amuse-bouche? <laughs> the more I say it, the better I get at it. So I looked it up. Tom, have you heard the term amuse-bouche before? <laughs> I haven't heard that term, Julian. No, no, no. You have to say it. I say you have to say you say it, too. I haven't heard amuse-bouche. Uh, yeah, very good. If you if you slur it, it uh, sounds... Anyways, this is a single-serving whore's doors. <laughs> you realize that's hors d'oeuvre. Right? It doesn't matter. We don't do that in America, Tom. Our we don't door. do single-serving anything. The big gulf I'm drinking uh, from the gas station, the Shell gas station. <laughs> oh, oh. Oof. Too soon. Too soon. Um, yeah, so it's a single serving uh, hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> a mousse-bouche. Anyway, so then we go to 11, the 11. And this is interesting because Ted has a conversation about Jamie being like, hey, we're going to put you on second team. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to earn your spot. And Jamie this whole time doesn't stop moving. He's like, yeah, he's kind of doing those little like kind of fancy footwork with his feet. He then starts kind of shadow boxing. He does this little thing where he's like kicking his feet up and like pushing his hands up in the air. Yeah. Uh, I just think of him like filming this sequence and probably just constantly being out of breath, uh, like over and over doing these. I takes. don't know how they didn't laugh because he's just <laughs> the way he moves. He's super agreeable. Yeah. He's clearly pretending to be like humble and happy with second team. Yeah. He said something like, "Oh, everyone loves a story about someone like denying their God-given talent <laughs> yeah. and like working their way up." It's a Rocky story. Like, yeah. He's like he's shadow boxing while he's saying that. I think he's trying to reference yeah, his inner Rocky. Right. I loved it. It was great. He did a great job. 
Uh, and then he gets the ball. He's doing Jamie things, just blowing by everyone. <laughs> and then Sam, and I'm going to use the proper term here, tackles him. <laughs> he does tackle him. Slide tackles him. He slide tackles him, and then he rubs his nose in it. And he's like, hey, don't bring that weak crap around here. <laughs> yeah, Lots like, changed. Things have changed. And he gives a little ruffle of the hair, which is good, too. Which uh, was confusing to me because Jamie has essentially like a hair net, a hair. What is that thing? Just a hairband. A hairband? Yeah. Because like one, a lot of guys will like no, that. no, no, no. A hairband is like rat or um, I'm <laughs> gonna name it? more. No, <laughs> let me get to them because I grew up in the generation that listened to hairbands. Uh, Are you thinking like rock, or are you just thinking just? I'm just thinking hair? of people with hair. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's probably a band called Hair. I don't know. Help don't me know, out Megadeth, here. Megadeth, Metallica. Poison. Those were hair bands, like hair metal. Yeah, like, I thought hair band was like like an '80s thing. Like they were um, like David Lee Roth, right? I thought David Lee Roth was uh, someone who assassinated someone because he has three names. Ah, oh, no, but maybe you just didn't catch him. Okay, well we're gonna <laughs> cut all that out. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, he wears a hair band because like all of those guys, like they'll once they start playing and they uh, get like all sweaty and stuff like that. Go on, longer longer hair will get in their eyes and stuff. So Go you have on. a lot of those guys that will wear it wear it back with a little hair band. Okay. They don't wear baseball hats? Why don't they have baseball hats in soccer? Um, I don't know if they allow them because you can, like, poke guys. I think there has been games where, like, goalies have been able to wear hats, like, if the sun is, like, right oh, in their really? eyes. But I don't know what the actual ruling is. Okay. <clears throat> Speaking of hats, Rebecca and Nora go to the English girl shop. <laughs> which Speaking of hats. I'm assu- well, they're all wearing hats. All the little girls have hats. Oh, okay. That's so... A- this is a play, I think, on American Girls dolls, because I tried to look this up, and uh, English Girls Shop didn't exist when I Googled it. Okay. Um, and so then I looked up American Girl dolls, because what I know about these is that they're just really expensive dolls, and that Angela Martin from The Office buys <laughs> her clothes there. That's about all I know about uh, said dolls so then i go and i look at the american dolls website and the first one i come up to is a doll that's like truly me number 74 and it is a doll that has an apple watch and just a wad of cash in its hands (laughs) and i thought this is the strangest doll it's holding an iphone it's holding a wad of ones and a uh it's like Apple sponsored this All doll. Right. This 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 little doll kid is clearly going to a strip club. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with his smartwatch, he just finished work. He's got his little vest. True truly me, doll seventy four, Tuesday afternoon at the oh, strip club. Please go look this up, audience. Oh man. That is something. They have this funny bit where they're talking about the dolls and their sad backstories. And apparently all these English (laughs) dolls are like orphans. They go through like how all their parents died, which is very hilarious. And they make some comment about Americans. uh, The American dolls have better backstories. And Rebecca says something like, it's probably because of America's innate sense of triumph, however misguided. Did not care for that last (laughs) one. (laughs) Did not care for that. USA. and. uh nora says no one does orphans better than us brits Uh which is just so good (laughs) the only people that do uh orphans better are like disney princesses the that would be the better uh orphan stories touche tom please name your favorite orphan (laughs) for me you know what top five orphans (laughs) orphans, okay uh i mean we'll start with the british orphans uh we got oliver twist 
classic orphan. Bruce Wayne is the obvious answer here. Okay, you, you got to jumble that. Bruce Wayne is my last. Okay, sorry. Okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I'll let you have five. I was doing my British ones first. Uh, Peter Pan, pretty famous orphan. Okay, um, I don't remember his origin getting story. Getting into by Americans. Okay. You again uh, dressed on the or addressed the Disney princess ones. I was going to go Anna and Elsa from Frozen. Okay, sure. Keeping it in the Frozen theme of mentioned in this episode and mentioned in previous episodes. Uh, Bruce Wayne and I was going to also say Daenerys Targaryen. Another classic orphan who just killed it. Stuff up, <laughs> killed it. She literally, she really killed, killed it. it. All right. Well, the correct answer was Kal-el, otherwise known as Superman. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the DC universe. That is your preferred universe. I love, <laughs> I love Batman. I love Thor. I love the X Men. All in that universe. Two of them were Marvel. Okay. One of them was DC. I don't know what any of that means. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Oh, those are all my answers. I blocked it out so you couldn't see it. Oh, you can okay. cut it out. You can cut that part out if you want or leave it in. I was talking about the outline probably. It was very entertaining. <laughs> Roy <laughs> Roy exits the gift shop uh, on the left. He walks out with Phoebe, uh, clearly having purchased Phoebe, a expensive uh, British girl doll. Mm -hmm. Rebecca and Roy look at each other. And I thought for a moment, I was like, oh, these four are going to become a family. Just the way they cut back and forth. I was like, I've been wrong about the relationships in this show before. Yeah. But I really feel like Roy, Rebecca, R and R, boom. Wow. Nora and Phoebe somehow become orphans and then <laughs> all four of them I mean clearly where this show's going. That's a, that's a sad twist for Sassy. So many twists. All of her twists. All right. <laughs> then Sam's on the bike exercising. He sends his dad a text of like his uh, magazine ad. And this scene was so like funny to me in the sense that like <laughs> such a TVism. Yeah. Not yeah. funny in terms of like the Content. environmental and, and what happens. Obviously, that stuff's terrible. Uh, we have always been anti oil uh, here at this podcast, yep. uh, unless it's for <laughs> cooking. Um, but he sends his dad a picture of the Dubai air and then his dad immediately calls him a shill for corporations and it's broken his heart. Like if your kids sent that to you, your first response would be, Hey, do you know what that company does? Or like, yeah. who owns that company? Mm -hmm. No, dad, I don't. Okay. Well, they've done some terrible stuff. You may want to read up on this. Mm -hmm. Not I'm so disappointed in you. You broke my heart. Yeah. You're a shell. You're no like, longer my son. Yeah, you're no. You have been disowned. <laughs> it just, was. Yeah, it's it's definitely a speed things up for TV kind of thing. Because Sam does that. He's like, no, why? Like in the texting thread. Right. Um, I do like this scene. I like the way it's shot because it's just him kind of in the dark, uh, riding on the bike. There's literally no words in this. You all just get it from the text. Uh, I do want to point out. While he's texting, he's still riding his bike, going pretty hard riding the bike. Yet when the camera pans to the phone, phone is like calm, is like oh, the seas, yeah, it's like no. it's not moving at all, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was well done, and it kind of shows Sam in isolation there and having to kind of like really think about you know what was presented to him. Well shot, obviously. They've had Dubai Air on their kit since season one. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the dad at some point should have been like, hey, Sam, <laughs> hey, Sam, you're on a team with Dubai Air. Did you know what that company? No, nope, he's going to wait until his son is in an ad, sends him a text, and then he disowns him. Well, I would argue there's a different 
like level. Like when you're on a team, you cannot choose your sponsor. Your sponsor's on your kit, your sponsor's on, you know, all the different things. But it's a different animal when you are now actively promoting them. Like you are pushing Dubai Air because that is that is a, um, a, a commercial or thread with a photo shoot he did is specifically to promote that company. Whereas he's playing soccer, it, the promotion is on his shirt that he can't control. Okay. He can control that. I just think it's strange that the dad didn't bring it up Listen, prior to you're not going to get me i'm not going to defend then his dad blast his son <laughs> while he's on a stationary bike that isn't even going anywhere that wasn't very prodigal son of him no did i get that right i don't think so prodigal father it wasn't very prodigal father of him but that's one of those stories that like i read a lot and then uh i you know i don't remember all the details so probably i think there's a stationary <laughs> bike in there <laughs> phoebe nora roy and rebecca are new uh, nuclear family are all hanging out. <laughs> we find out that Phoebe's doll is named Zoe, and Zoe is from the. She's from the modern line because uh, her parents were canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Nora's like, "Oh, how did your doll's parents die?" And she's like, "Oh, they're not dead. They were canceled." Which is such a great, oh, perfect writing right there. Give well give someone a lot of money. Whoever wrote that joke, I laughed and laughed. We find out that Keeley's dating app uh, banter is mm -hmm. one that does not have pictures. Yeah. And so Roy makes some comment like... Oh, God, I love Roy's comment. He's like, what? So you just got to get a bunch of unsolicited descriptions of these? Yes. <laughs> yes. Rather than pictures of <laughs> genitals. I just want to say, like, this whole walk and talk with Roy, like, I can watch 30 minutes of him walking and talking. Oh, yeah. His little, like, bits. Like, he's yeah. just such a great character. If Roy's not in the scene, we've, we've done something wrong. <laughs> like, just put him in every scene. Yeah. Great moment. Phoebe wants ice cream <laughs> for dinner. She's like, hey, Uncle Roy, can we have ice cream for dinner? And he's like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> and she's like, thank you for setting boundaries. She's like, you're right. Thank you for setting boundaries. <laughs> I think this says more about Phoebe as being just a good, mature kid. Mm -hmm. um, I do appreciate any time Roy uses the term these little idiots. Oh, Whenever so he calls a kid an idiot. Like, and the way he, like, prefaced it, because he's, like, he's telling Rebecca, like, listen, kids don't need to be entertained. Like, we didn't have that when we were kids. Uh, we just wanted to feel like they are a part of our lives. He's, like, little idiots. <laughs> and then that's where he, like, tells Phoebe, like, Phoebe, want to go to my podiatry appointment later today? She's like, oh, I would love to. Just big old smile on her right. face. Like, it's just so brilliant. Right. She, yeah, she does a great job. We're back at Rebecca's flat. She invites Nora to go to work. And, of course, Nora's thrilled to mm -hmm. go watch Rebecca run a football club. Then we're with Ted and Shannon. Shannon's the local that he plays soccer with. They do a walk and talk. She has some brutal commentary on how terrible they're doing. <laughs> yep. And then we find out, a little context here is that uh, Jane and Beard are having some sort of issues. Yeah, so Beard she... had to leave abruptly right. and yeah. left her coffee with Shannon. So he left, and then we find ourselves with Rebecca and Nora again. Higgins does this thing. They meet Higgins. Higgins is like, hey, Rebecca, everything you suggested solved all our problems. <laughs> and she's like, I don't. Like, what are you, talking, what are you about? talking about? And he's like, well, I was trying to set you up to look great in front of your goddaughter. Yeah, it was a swing and a miss for sure. <laughs> swing and a miss. And Nora calls her out on it, too. It's great. Yeah. Then she goes into her office. Keely's at her desk. Keely is working on banter. Is she so working on banter? She seems to be like... Like feet up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, feet up, eating a bunch of snacks. Yeah, no, 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 no. She was definitely working. She scrambles to pick up the papers. 
once again, we find out that Banter is a less superficial dating app. Tom, talk to me about your favorite dating apps. I mean, as a happily married man, Tom, talk to me about what dating apps are you on currently? Well, not currently. <clears throat> These are all previous to my to my marriage. Uh, you got Grinder, of course. Sure. Uh, you got Tinder. Sure. You got, you got Bumble. Sure. Okay, Cupid. Sure. Match. Sure. Hinge. Sure. Snack. Christian Mingle. Kippo. Sure. Swoon me. Sure. Badu. I don't know. Those are just a couple. Those are just a couple that I've come off the top of my head. Listen, I shared you on all of those. You just named a lot, which is really good. <laughs> good for you for doing the research. The ones you did not name. <laughs> Facebook, MySpace, Friendster, <laughs> and... Those aren't dating, per se. Webscape. Ask Jeeves. Ask, wow. <laughs> Will I be alone forever? Ask Jeeves. <laughs> yes. All right. Bum, 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 bum. Good for you. Then we're at the Diamond Dogs. Nate has used banter very briefly. <laughs> He's like, I was on it. Then I deleted it. I don't it. know if he used it. He, he, I was like, oh, I downloaded banter. And then I deleted it. <laughs> His best line here is, I'm very picky when it comes to women. <laughs> and then he kind of like slowly mumbles when women are also very picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just him. Oh, you feel for Nate. We find out that Jane and Beard share an iCloud account. Apple alert. Apple alert. Thank you for <laughs> plugging your products. And Do you think like they force, have a quota? Like force them to use that? Or is that just kind of a weird like you're giving like a pat on the back to your business daddy? I don't know. You think he was like, oh, we share a Gmail account now. And like some executive was like, make this an iCloud account. <laughs> yeah. He's it. like, oh, we now have Google Plus. What was it called? What was Google's Facebook? It was Google Plus. Google Plus. Yeah, yeah good for me. <laughs> Beard seems to be feeling the walls close again. <laughs> uh, you could just see it in his face as he's realizing like now he can't do things on apps or get apps on his phone because Jane will it's a big commitment, man. destroy his phone with a blowtorch and pliers, <laughs> yeah. I think was his line. <laughs> it's an aggressive way. You can probably just throw it. Yeah, that's true. Or <laughs> drop it in the swimming pool. I've done that. <laughs> Jamie's. Oh, this is where Jamie's comes in and he's like, hey, I'm trying to win over the team and he's going to buy everyone PS5s. Which is a, a very considerate gift. I mean, they're incredibly hard to find nowadays. I'd like Jamie if he bought me a PS5. <laughs> uh, Where yeah. he's going to get, how many people are on a team? Uh, I mean, 11 play. 11 but... play. I think you maybe have like six on your bench, but then you have like a bunch of reserve players. We'll just say 20. 20. So he's going to buy 20. He's not going to be able to find 20 with the current supply chain issues. But man, he's, he's Jamie Tart. He's got a guy. Mm, right? That's fair. All uh, right. But I do appreciate that he mentions like he's got a dope idea during his eyebrow threading. So it mentions the eyebrow, which I know you are very fond of. And maybe we need to get you an eyebrow threader. Once again, uh, no thread could take on these <laughs> eyebrows. Do you know what eyebrow threading is? I think it's like, yeah, I think it's they. It's like flossing your eyebrows out or your hair out. Like they use like threads and literally grab like individual hairs and yank them out. It's like, it's like I, I don't know how to describe it. If you haven't seen it before, I've seen it happen. You've seen it happen I've in seen it person. Happen. Not in person, like a YouTube video or something. I don't know. I get around, man. Okay. <laughs> I, get around I feel YouTube. like we need to dig in here a little bit. What are we doing on YouTube? <laughs> the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, where did I see this? But I have seen it before. It's just weird. It's I'm not weird. It's just literally Listen, I'm not doubting you've seen it. We should pull I, it up right now. No, pull I'm not pulling it up right now. All right. It's a thing. I, I it's It seems odd to do... And maybe this is how they do the little like slash in the eyebrow is they thread that out and they kind of pull one at a time. I just assume they would use like clippers and just one little. 
Anytime I've shaved my eyebrows, I just use a buck knife, like a real man. <laughs> Jamie says, what better things to spend money on than love? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, it's a and I think that's the part where doesn't Ted say something like, "Oh, he like he's turned the line." Yeah, he's turned the line because he doesn't know. Like he he's he has his heart kind of in the right place, but totally misguided. It's classic Jamie. And now Ted gets a great idea, and we are about to meet the great oh, Led Tasso. Led Tasso. And Beard does some amazing acting here, like because it it goes to Beard when he realizes what. Because uh, Ted Ted's like, oh, implying... you know what this team needs? Yeah. You know what this team needs? Yeah. And Beard, like, realizes it. Yeah. And he's just, he's staring at that Ted, like, seemingly at the camera, and his eyes just ever so slightly bulge a little bit. Um, it's very, very subtle, but it's it's brilliant. And then, of course, today's trying to figure out what the heck is going on, and, of course, they don't give him a response, and he trails out of the room. He's like, it still doesn't help me at right. all. Yeah, Beard's <laughs> like, it's the last resort. He's yeah. like, that still doesn't explain anything. Which I think shows do a lot to like end a scene. It's yeah. like that didn't tell us anything, but it was a great cutoff point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Higgins, Keeley, Nora, and Rebecca are discussing the financials of the club. And I think Nora's like in the main chair and yeah. they're all sitting at the desk. Yeah. Rebecca's standing. It's a funny bit. Like they give Nora the throne for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. And they're talking about how the team is all on like Premier League salaries, but they're in a championship league. Mm-hmm. I guess my question to you is like, is that a matter of like ticket sales and advertising. So obviously they'd be making less as a club because they're in a lesser league. Yeah, it's huge. Cause like, like TV rights, I'm assuming would come into play. TV rights. Like I think they mentioned in one of the first episodes of season two, how like they're not on TV as much or not every game is televised because they're in the lesser league. So yeah, it's all just merchandising, marketing money. Like you're not playing these big premier league games. So you're not getting the big sponsorships. You're not getting the crowd sizes that you would there. They might still be selling out their crowds, but um it's definitely not the same. You're not bringing in the same uh, amount of money. Got it. But I do appreciate that uh, Higgins gives a line. He's like, Nora got it a lot quicker than Ted did. <laughs> so Higgins has had this conversation with Ted. He didn't understand. Ted still doesn't understand what offsides is. So <laughs> it's okay. Sam comes in. We have the dramatic moment where he asks them or tells them that he's got to leave the Dubai Air sponsorship. <laughs> so we have to revisit Higgins gagging here because Higgins gives his gag. And I think in last season, you said that Higgins gags when he's like being deceitful or like he's kind of having yeah, to cover up a lie. lie. Yeah. He does it in this scene when when Sam mentions that. So what, what's what's your new thought? I guess my thought is that Higgins owns stock in Dubai Air <laughs> and that as a major shareholder, he himself probably dumps motor oil in parking lots and stuff. <laughs> uh he's in their pocket so that's that's why he i don't know i guess at this point it's just his reaction to anything he really doesn't like which is a weird like involuntary reaction to have it's like i think he might have mentioned like it's like acid reflux or something like that but yeah i think it's more or less a he realizes how big of a deal this could potentially be um 
with him kind of going out and like makes mention later like hey we gotta figure this out and get in front of this and talk to dubai air before right. it becomes a bigger deal now <clears throat> does sam explain why or because they all very quickly are like no we understand sam does sam explain why in that he, moment he does mention yeah okay that's um yeah all the stuff about uh the corruption and all that stuff yep then we meet led tasso on the training practice <laughs> pitch and i feel like was led tasso a big part of the preview for the season is that why I felt like I'd seen? Yes. Is that where? It, okay. Yeah. So we had known about this going in. And yeah. Led Tasso is simply mean Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. He's doing all the like over the top coach things yep. that everyone loves. Flipping all the water table. My favorite <laughs> moment is when he calls them turd birds. <laughs> that that line just turd birds is just an incredible way to call someone it's a good clean fun insult oh yeah so good and he's like touch your toes touch each other's toes it's like what do we touch each other's toes your feet fingers your feet fingers so great he really goes into this everything's gonna be wrong are you oh what is the ball gonna be your girlfriend yeah it went on for quite a while but sometimes when people get worked up, you find that they do go on for like they take things down roads where you're like, all right, yeah, we get it. You're mad. Can we move on? And that sequence starts with uh, Bumbercatch. I want to say his name right. It's Bumbercatch, um, which he was in the first season. And I think we saw his name on the back of a jersey. But this is the first time where like I think he's getting speaking lines and yeah. we're kind of featuring him a little bit more. But like this name is fantastic. And it's got to be a play on benedict cumberbatch they're they're flopping the c and the b of cumberbatch and calling them bumber catch it makes sense to me they look very similar <laughs> but i mean that is you get you have to agree with me is that not the greatest english name in all of history it is benedict uh, cumberbatch yes it is the greatest name in english history other than of course oliver twist who you mentioned <laughs> earlier he was in the first season I'm wondering if he had like scenes and they were just cut and then like maybe he had more of a role. I don't know. But yeah, they're yeah. definitely bringing him in. I do appreciate how the show does that, though. They've got like background players that they bring in every once in a while mm -hmm. and they have, you know, so you do get a better sense of the team. Like Zero yep. um, says more things. Um, Richard, of course, we all love Richard. Great classic yeah, French they, quotes. They all are like they have good comedic timing and stuff. Like they're right. not featured guys, but they they put them on certainly for a reason. And I think all these guys are talented enough too to be able to play on play some soccer or football on the pitch. Like you can see them running in the background. They're they're clearly uh, double threats, acting and sporting. That's good. That's good. Double threat was my. They might have a triple threat, double or I triple. Well, I guess triple threat is the more preferred nomenclature but i don't know what else they do that's good rebecca <laughs> gotta prove it decides that she's gonna talk to the ceo of cerulean oils cerulean just sounds like an evil corporation <laughs> who is an old friend of richard's of course richard would be friends with evil ceos well it's rupert richard is the ceo Ru friend oh of friend Rupert's. of rupert yeah, thank yeah. you yep. thank you forgive me <clears throat> Um, we don't want all those letters. Right. So this is, you're reminding me now, Sam does explain because then mm -hmm. she is calling him. She asks him to take Sam off the Dubai Air campaign and he does a rich British evil guy thing where he like laughs and he's like, you have to do one thing for me. Get yeah. rid of him. And uh, really dumb, but. And he's a complete jerk. And like Nora's listening into the conversation. Right. And like flipping out the phone. He's very because... misogynistic. Yeah, yep. And yeah. Yeah. Rich British people are evil. That's what I, I've was, come to the conclusion of. I was trying to listen Other to it. Other than Paul McCartney. Uh, I don't know. He could be evil. Uh, 
Do you think <laughs> he could be? I don't we'll know. let it slide. I don't know. Um, do you think he's British? I, I listened to this a couple times and trying to pick up on the accents. I, I I thought they were gonna like make him like an American, just like over the top jerk or whatever. But he definitely oh, sounded like he saying. had an accent. Oh, maybe he is. Maybe I mean he's certainly not American. There's no evil rich Americans. But <laughs> um, yeah, good point. I don't know. I just assume all the rich evil people in the show were British. <laughs> you just assume they're all Bond villains. Yeah, well, that's what, like I picture Richard is like got Bond all tied up while he's talking to her, and this is like the thing that gets Bond out of the chair or whatever. He's like, "Oh, I have to take this call from uh, Rupert's ex-wife to talk about this," and Bond's like wiggling out of the death chair, and so Richard probably by the end of this episode gets shot in the face. Um, <laughs> Then we're at the training spot. I'm sorry. Uh, trigger warning. If you don't like people getting shot in the face. Sorry okay. for that joke. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the training. Richard. I have. Oh, this is Ted yelling at Richard. <laughs> or I'm sorry. Led uh, yelling at Richard. He says, Richard, I haven't seen a pass that soft since my high school drama teacher asked me to mow his lawn, which is a great line. I don't I don't know if I fully understand this. Can you explain to this to me so he is in high school yeah his drama coach or drama teacher who apparently has a thing for ted lasso invites him over to mow his yard this is him making a pass at ted in terms of like hitting on him oh wow yes yes that is there's a lot packed into that joke uh it was great that's what i got out of it it could be i thought like when he said drama teacher like maybe this is like some like dramatic exercise that actors do is they pretend to mow the grass and they have to be their soft self. I, I don't know. It just seemed no, odd no, to no. me. So my, my thought is, and we can go into this real deep, Let's is do it. when you say the term someone made a pass at someone, yeah. that's typically like they oh, hit on them. You make a pass at someone. Okay. And so my thought is mowing the yard is typically kind of a sweaty activity. Maybe <laughs> okay. you do it without it. sleeves, without a shirt, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And so that's what's happening here. If I'm wrong, no, you got then me there. this wasn't even a joke and I'm laughing at all the wrong things. <laughs> you got me there. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Jamie stands up to lead and practice gets canceled. He says something like, "Great, Jamie just ruined your chance to get better." Yeah, and it's so great. Yeah. It's like anyone wanted to be there at that point, they did not. Yeah, so. and they're like, "Thank you, Jamie," as they're coming off the pitch. Right. Everybody but Sam. Sam just walks straight past. And we get an O'Brien sighting. O'Brien walks by, yep, backup and, keeper, and uh, Lasso brings it up. He's like, "Hey, O'Brien, your butt still hurt <laughs> from the first season? Good callback. Injured his butt. <laughs> oh, which Beard has done three times." <laughs> Beard then snaps Led Tasso back to Ted. Ted's like, how long was I out? Maybe. And they're just messing around, right? Like, or, or are we supposed to believe that Ted was really in a trance? No, okay. no, no, no. It's just I a weird little just, game they're playing. Yeah, I think that's just some fun okay. they're having. And then they do the Dr. Sharon's in the stand. She watches the whole thing. And they, like, think they're being clever. And they're, like, trying to explain... And she's like, no, you've created a enemy for the team so yep. that Jamie can be the hero. She's like, I got it. Like, did you pick that up? Like with what he was doing, like throughout like the sequence? Yeah, because I think he brings up what's going to happen. I guess I didn't know it was specific to Jamie. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, pretty quickly. kind of did. Like, I, like while they were shooting all the sequences of him being led and, and being a jerk, I kind of just kept thinking like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Because he's trying to take the pressure off of Jamie. 
Um, but I do like how they, like uh, Dr. Sharon eventually asks, like, has this ever worked? And they, <laughs> it takes them a second and they think about it. It's like, uh, yeah, I worked with a Chuck E. Cheese at one time. Um, and they go this whole thing about Chuck E. Cheese and it's just silly the and ridiculous. Team, yeah. um, but I always love the concept of trying to have to explain the concept of Chuck E. Cheese to sure. somebody that doesn't get it. Sure. Oh, he's a rat that loves pizza and music and video games. Like, pizza and rats you wouldn't assume would go no. together very well no uh it's it's great i mean anytime anyone's seen the life-size Chuck E. cheese that weird like <laughs> band plan person in a suit wandering around you don't think oh i want to eat at that restaurant dude it was the animatronics to me like the animatronic like big gorilla playing the keyboards and all the other ones like i would have nightmares like i would i would literally went there with my brothers when i was younger and I was scared to go up like to the stage and get too close to them. Like I had to go there with my brothers. That's how afraid I was of these animatronic death machines. When this <laughs> nice when this podcast takes off, that's the uh, <laughs> franchise I'm getting in on is Chuck E. Cheese. I'm gonna run. I think one. Uh, animatronic death machines is gonna be my next uh, heavy metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a hair band. <laughs> We're then with Rebecca and Nora. They are trying to figure out how to keep Sam and the sponsor. And this is where we get sometimes you have to do the right thing, even if you lose. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to Jamie and Keely. Keely like wanders into what I would assume is her office. Jamie does. Jamie comes into Keely's office. Yeah, Jamie comes into Keely's office. And he, she then, he's like, hey, I just want to talk. She then takes him directly to <laughs> Dr. Sharon whose job it is to listen to these players. Yeah, She's she like, I don't want to listen to you. Pawns him off. And of course, Jamie loves it. He's like, what do I do? Just sit here and talk about myself? <laughs> He's like, yep, pretty much. She's like, nice. But I do love the background image where you go into Keely's office and she has that life-size, like, just decal of uh, Angry Roy, Roy on the wall, just staring at Keely. Yep. And of course, Jamie kind of turns his head back and sees it and gets freaked out by it. Right. <laughs> Then it's Nora and Rebecca, and Nora is dictating a very vulgar letter to Richard, the Cerulean CEO, and Rebecca's kind of translating. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she essentially tells Richard to bugger off. Yeah. Gonna... And it ends with the great, the, the, we'll just call it the BAB. The BAB. The BAB. Yeah. Which is a great, great line. Then we find ourselves at soccer news time. That's what I've decided to call this. And we talked about these guys in the other one, but two of these guys are actually real people like okay. that are I'm playing surprised. themselves. So Jeff Stelling is the guy that's like the news guy that opens it up and does the talking. And then the guy next to him is Chris Kamara. He calls him Mr. Unbelievable, which is the title. So Chris Kamara was a real player. Okay. And I looked him up. He's got a really interesting story. Like, so much so that he wrote a book about his life called Mr. Unbelievable. But this guy, quick snippet of yeah. Chris Kamara. He joined the Navy, the British Navy, at 16. He was spotted playing in the Naval Yard, and whatever club bought out his Navy like contract, like bought him from the armed forces the for 200 pounds. <laughs> they were like, hey, let this guy out of his enlistment. Here's 200 pounds. <laughs> so then he went to play. Um, he coat here. He was a manager for a while, but like a really interesting, like, and you read about like his time in football at that time. And it was a bunch of like, they were being bought. They were being sold. Like the players were just like commodities being, <laughs> you know, sent back and forth between clubs, but yeah. just the way it was written, it was like, not very personal. It was very much like, and then he was bought and then he was <laughs> sent here. And so kind of an interesting, uh, I, I'd be willing to read that guy's book. Yeah, nice. 
I kind of figured they would be real because you had the the announcers. We had what Chris Powell and um, Arlo White. Right. It would make sense that they would have these uh, kind of color, not color commentators, but the uh, I don't know what do you call these guys. They're they're pundits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have a replay. They play the replay of Roy and Jamie uh, fighting <laughs> in a game, which yep. was great. And Roy's best line here is that he hopes Jamie dies of an incurable disease of being a little biatch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. He just calls Jamie a Muppet. I love how they introduce Roy and like, Roy, the Chelsea man. Roy, nice to meet you. Just slowly yeah. turns his head, doesn't say a thing. He's like, uh, well said as always. Well said, yeah. <laughs> then we are at the start of the game in the owner's box. Mm-hmm. Sassy shows up. We discover that Nora has a thing for Sam. Yeah, and that, had is... that last, uh, when Sam came into the office. Right, that had played up a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's confirmed by Sassy. Richard sends like a one word email to Rebecca in mm-hmm. response to her uh, BAB email where <laughs> he's just like fine period. Yep. So and Sam's yeah. staying and but he's not doing the ad. Yeah, and Rebecca kind of calls it as like a, a big win. She kind of like nudges Nora's shoulder mm-hmm. or whatever and says Shows like yeah, her. like boom, like look at us, look at us BABs. Um but then then Rebecca goes in to check her banter account, um, which Keely sees, and Keely's like excited about. I it, didn't which catch is great. this. I yeah. didn't see this part. Um, but if you pause it um, on the banter app again, there's no pictures or anything. All you see is all the different profile names, and okay. it gives like the city they're in. So it says like Sussex or Chelsea, or like there's a couple of different names and like how far away they are. So it's like actually like geotagging where these potential mates are, which is interesting. Sure. Um, but if you look at some of the names, there's some pretty good ones. Uh, we got Go Honey, uh, Horn Dog, Nice, Ginger Professor, Ooh, uh, Horny Dude, uh, and then Male Legend One. But like, <laughs> every other letter is capitalized. Uh, it's just like the great internet speak. Good uh, for you. I didn't catch funny. any of these. Yeah. <laughs> Locker room prior to the game. I'm pretty sure just some great music is playing in the background. Yeah, it was like happens. heavy bass because this is all Sam trying to like. He's figuring out like what what can i do what's what's like my means of action here um contemplating what his dad sent him via text and it's that boom boom heavy bass piano brilliant sure he puts on his gear he's got his kit on for the first time he discovers his kit has words on it and the words <laughs> say goodbye air he looks in the mirror he's he like, looks oh. in the mirror he gets a thing of tape he covers the name um Isaac, they ask him what he's doing. He kind of explains. And then Isaac and the other Nigerians join him. Uh, and then Jamie, I don't know. I mean, I try not to be so cynical. I think it's sincere. He asked for the tape, too, in order to tape over his kit. He's like, hey, we're a team. we got to wear the same kit, which is a great line. Listen, the piano was playing. It tells me that Jamie was being sincere. That's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> no, fair. Yeah, like, I'm trying not to be cynical. But he does, he's being a great teammate. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to, I mean, I guess I don't know what it's going to cost them in like the larger scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Like, was Jamie in some sort of sponsorship with Dubai Air? What, like, what are they going to lose as a team by covering up the name? Yeah, you got to imagine there's going to be some pretty heavy fallout here. But I, I, I like what they did here with Jamie because we talked about last episode, like, Jamie was such a jerk in the first season, and he still is, but he's he's making amends. And what they did in the last episode of this season was they tried to turn him around really quick. And like I get it, that's where they're trying to go with his story. But Jamie can only do he can only say so much. Like they need to give him an action that he can do. Sure. So him just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or or you know, getting him off the lead tasso practice, like that's only gonna take you so far. 
that him taping it up and like saying, Hey, we got to wear the same kit. We're a part of the team. I think that was really well done by the show to like, if you will, like a domino of Roy last season, that's kind of like a domino for Jamie this sure. season of him being able to turn and be a, a true team player. Yeah. And you get the sense that I think like Isaac, the other Nigerians were going to join Sam. And I don't know that the rest of the team was going to do it, but Jamie does it. Yeah. And so it kind of opens it up. Yeah. Snowballs. Then we're in the game. Arlo and the announcers are talking about how fickle club fans are and how they don't know whether or not they'll <laughs> like accept Jamie yeah. back. And we immediately cut to the club and it's the pub crew, Paul and the gang <laughs> singing the Jamie Tart song because yeah, the they're so excited to have him back. <laughs> they call them a very fickle bunch. Yep. 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 The team dramatically takes off their windbreakers mm -hmm. to reveal that they've taped over. I don't even remember the company now because they Dubai taped Air. it over. I couldn't. Yeah, Dubai Air. Well, I didn't want to say the name so we <laughs> okay. don't support them, Tom. All right, solidarity. <laughs> and so many photographers. They're like, oh, we need to just the dramatic. I don't know how many shows and TVs use the dramatic clicking and flashing of light bulbs to emphasize something. Yeah, emphasize the world is watching. Yes. Higgins is like, this might become an issue. <laughs> yeah, very understated, but yes. <laughs> Rebecca gets a call. It's Richard from Cerulean, and she like shows it to Nora, and then she hangs up. And Nora's like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a BAB moment. BAB move." And I was like, "I don't know that hanging up is the right move. I think answering <laughs> and then like, I don't think ignoring a call is stronger than answering it like with conviction and just being like, "Yeah, we did it." I feel like in that moment, it wouldn't be the greatest of time to have a conversation. I would also... You don't think ask, her holding a finger over one ear screaming as like, the crowd's losing their mind? I would also ask, what is this guy doing? Is this uh, Richard CEO guy like that big of a fan that he's watching this live on TV, this like Coventry City he, second league game? He he bought all the team. I, I mean, he bought all their shirts. Of course he wants to know that his short, the shirts are being worn, right? All he did was have his marketing department sign a check to put their name on it like i maybe he is a big soccer fan but again this is just a, a tv trope uh they're trying to make it seem like they know right away but this would be something that he would find out in a email or you know somebody would tell him two or three days later maybe or maybe the next day not sure. seconds after these photographers are taking pictures that's fair definitely a tvism <laughs> yeah. i'm with you we cut very quickly from the game to the press conference ted lets us know that he supports his players that Sam did what he did to get the attention. Mm -hmm. Trent Krim, our boy, always carrying every episode. I wish Trent Krim was on the team. <laughs> Trent Krim asked a question to Sam. Hey, did the protest distract from the game and lead to the loss? Mm. And this is where Sam's like, hey, I'm not here to talk about the game. I want it known that, you know, Cerulean is polluted, Nigeria. And then Trent Krim does this thing where he's like, no, 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 I have a follow-up. Well, Sam, Yeah. are you saying <laughs> yeah. that the Nigerian government is corrupt? <laughs> and I think Sam answers yes. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I was like, wait, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Wait, isn't that Well, because Sam kind of mentions it. And he's, Sam just like says, like, uh, Nigerian government has been uh, turning a blind eye to this. So oh, like implying okay. the corruption. Um, and when I first watched it, I had the same sentiment as you. I thought like Trent was being a jerk and like just saying like, no, whoa, 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 like, whoa, you know, I never think Trent's a jerk. <laughs> okay, sorry. I think I love Trent. 
But I thought the way he like jumped in was like, like, I don't know. It seemed kind of like aggressive, but if you watch it again, like he's asking the question and Trent is getting ready to ask that follow-up question because of what um, of Sam said to kind of get him officially on record saying that, you know, he thinks they're corrupt. Um, and the way Trent handles it, I think is great. Like he just, he kind of quiets them all down. He looks to the side. He's like, wait, 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 I got a follow-up question, please. Thank you. Uh, it was very passive aggressive, but very, I think true to Trent Kern's character. No, and, and you're right. And as I think about it, like there's an expression on Trent's face that's not necessarily a smile, but yeah. like a, hey, I'm setting you up. Like you, you have a platform. Yeah. I've asked the question. Like it's yours to yeah. put out in the world. And he does so afterwards, like once he gives the answer, like Trent, I wouldn't say he smiles or anything, but he gives like a little bit of like a coy, like, like, good for you. Like Trent Krim, I mean, the confusing thing is, though, Trent Krim also gives that same smile when Ted tells a story about putting that dog down. So <laughs> a little bit confusing. Why do you keep bringing up the, the, the dog, man? The dead dog? Yeah, Earl. Is that his name, Earl? Yeah. Old gray Earl. All <laughs> right. And then the, everyone explodes. Uh, and we find out that, I mean, a basic Google search, we find out that uh, Cerulean, mm -hmm. the fake company, is based on Shell, the real oil company, mm -hmm. who truly did, like, dump a bunch of oil or had, like, a um, en environmental disaster in Nigeria. And so that's what they're, they are pointing out here. So I do appreciate, like, Bill Lawrence, they've always, you know, been activists in a way of bringing these issues uh in shows like this so that they are i would i'm i gotta be honest i wouldn't know yeah. unless i'd done the research so mm -hmm. i do appreciate that they do this and i think this thread also goes along with like in the last couple of years like player activism in mm -hmm. sports with yeah. like the nfl the nba um different you know movements and so they are playing along in that vein. Mm -hmm. um, and you, for a long time, have been against people using their platforms in order to advocate for change. Yeah, shut up and play. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I love this kind of stuff. Like, because these guys, like, nowadays, like, if you're going to be a, a person in the spotlight, like, I, I kind of, like, think of this is going to be kind of a weird tie-in, but, like, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is somebody that is notoriously never said her political beliefs or anything. Like she always just played the middle of the road because she understood that it would affect her sales mm. and that kind of stuff. And there's something to be said for somebody like you can do anything nowadays and it's going to be polarizing just some group kind of thing. Sure. And I really appreciate people that are willing to take a stand for something that they believe in and use their platform as athletes. Um, so like, obviously like the black lives matter movement and, um, kneeling for the national anthem, like just became such a bigger thing than just what they were trying to bring to the forefront, which was just, you know, inequality. And I think what, what Sam is doing here is definitely in that same vein and using their platform to be able to bring something to the forefront, I think is what they should be doing with their, their celebrity. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just want to watch football. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. I... Shut up and play. <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> and so, I think Ted says something like, well, we bring back up doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. Yeah, he says as they're going back into the office. Before you move on, though, because I do want to mention, like Ted says in the press conference, like he's like, you know, so people like me, and he kind of points to his face implying like his white skin, like you guys as a press 
generally write things about people like me without me saying something. Right. Uh, and Sam had to, you know, do this to be able to get your attention. Get the which, attention. So Sam or uh, Ted's not necessarily saying get anything to do with this, but he, you know, he backs him. He supports what uh, what Sam's doing here. Right. So then the doing the right thing is never the wrong thing is something what he says to Sam mm-hmm. in the locker room. Yeah, they're heading towards the locker room. Okay. Yeah. And the team is celebrating surprisingly because <laughs> we find out that they lost. Yep. Um, through Trent Krim. Thank you, Trent. But they're celebrating because they broke the tie streak. So yeah. I guess a loss <laughs> is better than a tie in this situation, yeah. which it is not. Well, and and we talked about, we predicted at the end of our season one podcast or, or a recap that if it's going to be a three-season show arc, they're going to win the championship league, they could get promoted, and then they're going to win the Premier League. But like, if you are, I think, eight games in at this point and they've got seven ties and a loss, like you're going to be pretty low on the table to have to kind of come back and win the league is going to be a, a challenge. So I'm not sure if they're, that's where they're going with the show, but we'll see. I don't know. They now have two aces, which I don't <laughs> feel like we've heard a lot of Danny Rojas's successes on the soccer pitch. So yep. hopefully he starts showing up as well as Jamie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jamie, Jamie toasts Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, you know, that you've done something brave. He does make a funny like yeah. joke where he's like, Oh, he took the spotlight from me, yeah. which I didn't appreciate. But it's a very nice, like, self-deprecating joke. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this episode, Tom. You loved this episode. Yeah, I loved it. I thought there was just some really good, really good writing. I think there was a, real, a lot of good character development. And I I was struggling with to see how they're going to bring Jamie in and, like, allow him to kind of again like we talked about we didn't want him to be a foil for a long time right and i think what they did here while still a little quick um i think was was earned and they did a good job of, of bringing jamie in the fold so now i'm interested to see how that dynamic kind of moves forward and this is maybe what we'll get that we didn't get in season one when jamie turned we wanted to see how that team could jive right uh, if everybody's on board um now they've got their two aces now they got it together like can they turn the season around like is this the moment but with uh all the potential backing and Higgins stuff that he's going to likely have to deal with for the Dubai air protests. It'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they, where they go from here. I'm assuming they will get Southwest to be their new airplane sponsor <laughs> yeah. for their kits because Southwest does a lot of flights in Great Britain. Probably. Who knows? Uh-huh. Southwest of where we ask. All right. Well, <laughs> I've been Julian. This has been Tom and Tom is about to tell us Next week, we're going to watch Season 2, Episode 4, and the title of that episode, Tom, for everyone I, to look up, I, allow me to finish my question, is called, this me, is I, Episode 4 <laughs> of Season 2, it is called I, what, Tom? I could be wrong, I've been wrong in a lot of them so far. This is a long episode title. Yeah, this is not the episode title, I'm oh, prefacing well, it to... Okay, let me, I'll, I'll restart the question <laughs> okay. when you're ready. okay. Uh, and go. And next time we're going to watch season two, episode four, which is called Big Trouble in Little Richmond Town. Very good, Tom. Yeah. Good work. Now, what were you going to say about being wrong on a lot of them? <laughs> no, I was going to joke. Like, if you haven't gotten this running gag, I make up a random episode title. You can't uh, explain a joke on this podcast, people, Tom. There's some people that haven't gotten that because um, I know if like you come in a little bit later. So we should probably preface it that I take a stab at it. Haven't gotten one right yet, but I think we could all agree mine have been better than theirs. It's not about wins and losses, Tom.
It's not about wins and losses. It's about learning and becoming a better man. You are becoming a better man by making up these silly titles. <laughs> Everybody wins. All right. Have a good rest of your podcast listening experience because we're done. Tom? Bye, everybody. Bye.